Hi, Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone here. When will you understand that I am a person and not a thing? Look it up. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. Better to say, am I being true to myself? And is this what I want to say? And have I expressed myself the way I want to express myself? I mean, that's what it's all about. Hey, everyone. This is Corvette Hunt from Madonna's Glam Squad. And you are listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast. Hey, guys, it's Tony. And it doesn't pay to be a runaway lover. Indeed, it does not. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's Stefan. Welcome to another episode of MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. As you heard today on the show, we welcome a member of Madonna's glam squad, Corvette Hunt. Welcome, Corvette. Hi. Hi, boys. Welcome, Corvette. We're so excited to have you on. Hi, Stefan. Hi, Tony. I'm excited to be here. And you've, you've come prepared. You're, you've, got, you've got a little bit of Madonna in the background, I see. I do. That, um, that I do. That's a painting that I painted when I was in high school. Uh, I was, uh, so cool. I was uh, on the verge of failing out, and <laughs> I had all these PE absences, and my art teacher was gay. My, my counselor was also gay and they made this arrangement that I could do like an advanced placement art class. And it was so ridiculous because like, this is a, this is a class for somebody who's super focused and knows what they're doing. I was none of those things. I just, they were just trying to not (laughs) fail me and give me a, a diploma so I could get on with my life. And I, so I never showed up to this, this studio and I never, and, and every day they would say, what are you working on? I said, I'm working on something so big. I I promise it's, I'm, it's amazing. It's gorgeous. I'm going to blow your mind. It's a masterpiece. And, but I had nothing and (laughs) I had nothing at all. And then one day my teacher was like, you're, you're not going to have a diploma. And I said, no, I have something. I promise. I went home. And I was, I, I think I was just inspired by this Herb Ritz um, photograph from, from mm-hmm. the True Blue era. And I said, I'm going to paint Madonna. And I already had this huge canvas because that I had stretched the canvas because I said, I'm going to do this big painting. I mm-hmm. stayed up for two days painting this <laughs> painting that's behind me. And I brought it in and the, uh, they gagged and I got to graduate from high school without no, going that's to amazing. PD. Yeah. I, I am looking at it and I'm like, this is so cool because I remember in my art class sketching like Gautier, the costumes, you know, yeah. and failing, I got a D, you know, <laughs> and, well, and, and, and I'm just, I'm so glad that you made it for all of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did somehow. It's a little off that, you know, I nailed the lips. Mm-hmm. I got the lips. I got the eyelids and the lashes, the, 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 boobs are a little off like the, like once it goes down it's like the proportions are a little off but it's you know whatever i got I, you're gonna have to, I'm, I can't see it too clearly from here but you're gonna send us a, a high res snap of it a little later i, I will okay sorry we're so, jumping we're jumping massively ahead no uh, that's fine so Stefan, where the hell are you it sounds like you're in grand central station oh sorry yes to everyone listening i apologize i'm i'm uh by the time everyone listens to this, it won't be summertime anymore. But I'm I'm currently summering at a a, a, a little shanty 
in Asbury Park, New Jersey. So, and it's rush hour, rush hour traffic on the corner, and uh, well, people apparently don't know don't have mufflers here in Asbury Park. Wow. So, uh, yeah, if you hear traffic, that's why I apologize. Well, they don't seem to have mufflers here in Brooklyn either because it's just loud AF. But it's okay, you know, it's, it's the beat of the city, we, right? Yeah, we'll Corbett? get through it. Corbett, where are you, where are you hailing from? Uh, I live in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn Heights, and uh, you could hear a pin drop here. Mm-hmm. Like, we have we have sh- uh, cicadas in the trees here. Uh-huh. So it, it sounds like we're in the backwoods sometimes. But No, you're, you're right. I was over in your area. I was walking in the promenade. Not walking the promenade, walking on the promenade. Okay. And I, I was noticing, I was like, it's so quiet over here, and there's such a nice breeze. I was like, what, what am I doing <laughs> over there? <laughs> but do you know that the BQE is right underneath you when you're walking Yeah, on I was going to say, aren't they starting to, like, redo the BQE before it falls down? I, I, I think so, know. but you know what? You don't really hear it, and that's, yeah. it's, that's, it's a, that's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. It's, it's, it's an architectural <laughs> genius, whatever, that, mm-hmm. that it is right there, and you don't hear it. Ah, oh, so cool. Well, before we get any further, I'm going to give Corvette a proper introduction. How about Please, that? Please, thank you. Born in Denver, Colorado, Corvette left for New York City in 1993 with a dream of becoming something different, someone mm-hmm. different. After arriving in Manhattan with $50 in a suitcase, he earned a scholarship to the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. I'm sorry, this just all sounds really familiar. Where he studied modern dance for two years until discovering the colorful medium of drag. Corvette quickly became one of the many downtown luminaries working in the 90s club scene in six-inch stilettos as door girl, hostess, DJ, dancer at legendary spots such as Roxy, Jackie 60, Limelight, The Tunnels, Sound Factory. That's so good. I'm sure I ran into you at the Pyramid Club because that's where I pretty much lived when I moved here. In his off time, Corvette Hunt is a writer Mm -hmm. and a dad. I mean, the greatest job available, I think. His works have been published at Huffington Post, Queer Voices, Hot Lit, and the New York Times. He lives in Brooklyn with his husband and his aforementioned son. Welcome. Thank you. That's Thank a, you. That's a, a, a storied past, let me tell you. I, uh, mm-hmm. Just the New York nightlife alone, the fact that you survived and made it out of that, good for you. I can't yeah. believe we made it through that. <laughs> <laughs> some parts of it are still in my, some parts of it are still there. You know, mm-hmm. there are certain days where I hear a bass line in my head and, and, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that is, that is Arena from the Palladium. Like, it's, <laughs> it's still in there. Yeah, I was moving apartments just recently and I was going through stuff trying to purge a bunch of random items that I've held on for way too long. And I yeah. came across a boatload of matchbooks, oh. one of which oh. was from the tunnel. And I thought, wow. I wow. cannot get rid of this. I, can't, no. I, just, I cannot throw out my tunnel matchbook. They so, don't uh, do matchbooks anymore. I know. No, they like, don't. Nobody does inside. that. Right. Yeah, and I I also was, you know, over the pandemic cleaning everything out, and I found all these flyers, too. And, yeah, they don't do flyers anymore. No, it's all all Instagram posts. Yeah. Yeah. It's all online, yeah. Boring. (laughs) Well, before we dive into, well, before we do a deep dive, let's talk about Corvette's Madonna journey. Mm. I know you have one. So tell us how you discovered Madonna and where that took you. I do. So I do. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. Back. I'm going to take you to 1983. Take us back in time. Here we <laughs> yes. go. Traveling back. Okay. Uh, do you really want to go back to 1983? Pop on, pop, everyone, pop on your jelly bracelets. <laughs> tease up your hair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and and for for a for a queer boy, that that style, those looks, that street style, like 100 percent 
life-changing to have yeah. to be able to accessorize and and do stuff really cheap and and you know wear eyeliner that doesn't cost any money you know <laughs> and uh but also like th- those times were you know th- they were reagan years and i lived mm. in the suburbs there was aids and i was also my family was in the church and so i being a queer boy i was I was very lonely. I was very, uh, I was depressed and I was a very, very suicidal kid mm. because there was this horrible thing that was inside me. You know, the, there was this thing that I knew I had inside of me and every authority in my life, my counselors, my church, my parents, they were telling me, that the best thing for me to do would would be to hide this thing. Mm -hmm. And even better than hide it would be to get rid of it. If I could correct it and get rid of it, that would be the best thing. But if I couldn't do that, which I, which I tried, but if I couldn't do that, then I would need to hide it. And that was what made me, that was what brought suicidal feelings because I thought if I can't get rid of this thing, if every morning I wake up, it's here, Mm-hmm. I would just rather, I would change the prayer to just not waking up, you know, yeah. and that was a, a terrible place to be. Also, there was AIDS, so it felt very real. Like, the, I believed the authorities had a lot of weight, what their message was. And then all of a sudden, one day, there was this voice that came through the radio. Mm-hmm. And this voice was different. This music had a very specific sound. So there was this music and it was so specific to me and this music transported me because it came from a specific place. It had a specific voice. And back in those days, like if you heard a song on the radio you loved, you had to call the radio if they didn't Mm. tell you who it was and you had to find that song, you had to find that artist. And, and finally I called a record store and I was singing the song to them. And they were like, that song is not called celebrate. That song is called holiday. And (laughs) the artist is Madonna and we don't have that record yet, but it's coming and I remember going to the record store every day looking for that record. And when it finally came out, I lost my mind mm-hmm. because of the image on the cover and the image on the back. It was so sexy and so raw. And I took it home and it just opened up a whole world to me. And, you know, and through, through that album and through a Madonna obsession, I started to learn about New York and also I started mm-hmm. to learn about her message that was she really she didn't accept shame she didn't people tried to shame her and she did not accept it and I yeah. never saw an example of that in my life yeah I never also you know there there were gay artists but gay artists back then didn't talk about being gay. Mm-mm. And so she just showed me this concept that, you know, I, I, I took to heart and I thought, maybe I'm not supposed to hide this thing inside of me. That's where my frustration is coming from. Maybe my job isn't to hide it. Maybe my job is to be it. Mm-hmm. And when I, that concept blew me away and it, rid me of every ounce of depression and suicidal thoughts. I just wanted to live and I wanted to be this thing. 
because I already was this thing. There was not a closet big enough for me when I was a kid. I was flamboyant. I walked girl. funny. I was, people thought I was a girl. I was androgynous. It was, I was a mess. Yeah. But once I applied this concept, I was not a mess. I'm like, I'm a beautiful mess. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a human being and I'm going to be this thing. And, and th- you know, then you know, I turned 22 and I was in a bad place in Colorado. Nothing was working. I had a boyfriend. He broke my heart. Nobody understood me. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to New York. And I knew the Madonna story. Of course, everybody knows the. you know, she took $49. I went to New York. I yeah, had a dream. I wanted to be a big star. I didn't know anybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't know anybody it was such a big thing for me because that's what everybody said when I told them. I, I said, I, you guys, I told every person that didn't believe in me. I told my, my boyfriend who broke my heart. I told my mom. I said, mm-hmm. I'm leaving. And they were like, you don't know anybody. I said, I don't have to. I know this already. I know this story. I can do it. And I sold my Madonna sex book. It was the only thing I had of value. I bought a bus ticket. And then I went to every person that that I knew was doubting me. And I said, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to find my people. And I'm going to fall in love, hopefully. And and. And I'm going to live an artistic life. And they're just looking at me like I'm insane. And then I said, okay, and you know what else? I'm going to meet Madonna and I'm going to tell her thank you because she saved my life. And uh-huh. that was the that was the period on my mission. And mm-hmm. I got on the bus and never looked back. You were in the club scene in New York. Um, I read, I think, um, in, in an extended version of your bio in 1999, you wore a giant red pheasant feather mohawk to the sound factory, an iconic club in New York City, our RIP sound factory, which is now NYU dorms. Uh, <laughs> and that feather mohawk earned you notice and an invitation to try out for Madonna and win a position on the glam team for her highly anticipated Drown World Tour. So first... I want to know what does a tryout entail for the glam squad? Yeah. And how then, does that happen? Like <laughs> what, what exactly does a, a, a tryout mean? And then how did that call, you know, how did getting that mm-hmm. call change your life? Yeah. Like, is there a test? I mean, does she like, <laughs> you, you have two minutes to do an entire face and, and then she like throws pitfalls at you. Like do something else, do my right, ear, right, right. you know, or, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I mean, what is the tryout? Like I'm, my mind is, Exploding. Okay. So I'm just going to say like the whole thing is a tryout. It's every day working there in that environment is yeah. a tryout mm-hmm. and it's stressful and things get thrown at you and you just have to do them to the best of your ability, but then you also have to perfect it. And then you have to make M happy. And, and, you know, a lot of these tasks that come to you are, are seem pretty impossible, I've learned now that they're not, but I'm going to go back before I can even tell you what a tryout is, because also not everything happens the way it's supposed to. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the feather. I'm going to go back to the yeah, red feather say, mohawk. So you're wearing a feather mohawk yeah. in the sound factory. Who, right. who came up to you? So, so I'm, I'm going to set the scene a little bit here and I'm going to answer your question, but so this is in <laughs> 2000. So this is Giuliani area era in New York City. The nightclubs are shutting down. Mm-hmm. There's a huge gentrification. Uh, the clubs owed us all money if we were working at the nightclubs. Like for months, they owed us money. 
And I was getting evicted from my apartment because it was going co-op. So all this horrible stuff was happening. And I was kind of just like, at that point, I'd been in New York for nine years. And I was having a self-reflective moment. Like, I did not really do, I've done a lot of the things that I thought I would do. But I haven't completed everything. And I've been here a long time. And I I didn't really have a career to speak of and everything that I was making money at was shutting down. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was this one night where the, the, we had a water leak in our apartment. It ruined half of my rolling rack of things of drags and stuff. And, uh, and that's why I ended up stitching together a feather mohawk. I made it out of a jar of pheasant feathers that was on the, on our table in our living room. And I wore it to work. And this, a uh, man came up to me and said, hey, who made your look tonight? And I said, I did. And he <laughs> said, oh, fierce, amazing. He said, I'm, I tell you what, I'm going to call you one day and I'm going to give you a really big job opportunity. And I said, oh, great. You know, I, like I've heard this one before. <laughs> right. I know what happens in nightclubs. People talk a big <laughs> game. You know, somebody always is offering you the world at a nightclub. Or it's like they're offering you the opportunity to, like, come clean up my apartment naked while I take pictures. Right. And while, it's you, like, uh, yeah. dude, no, thank you. Wear the mohawk, clean my apartment, <laughs> and a red jock strap. That And, yeah. oh, it's great. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably would have done that job too. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, or, you know, like usually we, it's like, uh, it, it would be, oh, come do this amazing job. And then I'm in a limo no full money. of Queens and mm-hmm. well, either it's no money or it's a lot of money, but it's a weird job where they're like, they, you know, they shuttle us off to the Hamptons and we're dancing on the tables and they're like, oh, now rip off your wigs and show everybody your boy. And it's like, uh, Okay, you know, we'll do it. I'll take the money and run. So I kind of thought that's, I I wasn't a stranger to getting weird job offers. And, but then he never called, you know, and at the time I was working during the day as a wig sales girl at Pat Fields, Mm -hmm. uh, which is where you worked. If you needed a day job, you worked at Pat's Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I was, I was there during the day. I knew how to make some wigs. I knew how to stitch together a mohawk and, one day this call comes to Pat's. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to tell you one other thing. So this other thing happened that was really frustrating me. There was an announcement that Madonna was going to be doing a small little show at Roseland Ballroom. Dolce and Gabbana were, were like doing this whole extravaganza and mm-hmm. they were giving away tickets into nightlife. Every every week I'd hear, oh, this queen got three invites to, did you get your invite? Did you, you uh. know? So I was like, no, but I'm, I'm going to because like I'm on a mission here. I'm supposed <laughs> to meet Madonna. Like, like <laughs> wh- I need to be in this environment that's a small club. I can sneak backstage and I can just go say, ah, I, I'm who I am. And, and thank you. You saved my life. You know, like that whole thing. Yeah. I, I can do <laughs> that at a place there, like, yeah. right. I'm supposed to get this ticket and you know, I'm not really getting a ticket and it's getting closer to the event. And then this guy calls me and he's like, Hey, do you remember me? I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. And then he's like, listen, I have a job for you. It's really important. I know you're the right person for this job. I can't tell you anything. The location's a secret. I can't tell you anything about it. 
do you feel you can do this job? And I said, how much does it pay? And he told me how much it paid. And I said, that's fabulous. I can pay my rent. So (laughs) I said, yes. And I hung up the phone and I thought, oh my God, that's the same date as the Madonna show. I was like, I can't do this job. I have to call him back. I have to star 69. I have to, I have to call him back and not go. But then something Mm -hmm. inside my head said, bitch, do not call him back. Do not say no. You are getting kicked out of your apartment. You need money. He's paying you. You don't have a ticket to this show. So either, you know, I think it's the first sensible decision I had made in my entire life. I said, I'm going to do the job. Mm-hmm. So. Well, in your head, you're thinking, unless Madonna calls me up and offers me money for a job, I can't afford to try and go see her. I can't afford to go right. see her at this show. I mean, if I would have gotten a ticket, I would have not shown up at that job, um, whatever it was. But, and, and then I would have been really upset. Right. Um, but so because what happens is I get into a cab and I give them the address and I get there and I'm, he drops me off at Roseland Ballroom and I look up. And there's a marquee and it says Madonna on it. And I'm freaking out. I get out of the cab. Oh, he also said, just bring everything. So I have shopping bags full of drags and pumps and glitter and sequins and feathers and (laughs) glue. I have everything with me. And I walk up to this security and I said, hi, hello. And he says... (laughs) what's your name? And I tell him my name and he looks down and he said, Oh, he said, I was wondering what you were going to look like. That's an interesting name. And he hands me a laminate with my name on one side and Madonna's picture in a cowboy hat on the other side. I put it around my neck. I'm gagging. I walk into Roseland ballroom. They're playing Madonna songs. There's Mm. bales of hay. There's There's, there's, there's a, there's a pickup truck. Well, first there's just a sky full of night, a a night sky full of stars. Cause you remember Mm -hmm. if you were there, that was like these twinkling stars. So it was so surreal. And they're playing, uh, they're playing what it feels like for a girl. Uh So I'm walking down this hallway and they're playing what it feels like for a girl. And I'm going to cry, I swear. And because I have the laminate, I know I'm supposed to be there. Yeah. But all of a sudden I realize that vocal is not the vocal I'm used to hearing. Uh That is something else. And the minute that clicked in my head, I turn the corner. The ballroom is empty and dark nobody's in it except for a ton of security and madonna's on stage and she's on her knees and she's just doing sound check i i walk to the middle of that ballroom floor my i don't know i was so floored i'm like oh my god I'm here. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I made it. I made it. I made it. <laughs> yeah. this, it's it, me. You're looking for me too, right? And <laughs> and then all of a sudden I get somebody grabs me by the shoulder and he's like, oh my God. He's like, don't do that. He's like, whatever you do, don't do that again. He's like, mm-hmm. let's go. There's a lot of work to do. Don't yeah. do that. You will get fired for sure. He's like, everybody's watching you at this point. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I'm like, okay. And what am I doing here by the way? Cause like, I don't know. And he just, he, this guy. So this guy is, his name is Colexius Colby. He was Nikki Harris's makeup artist. I, I finally mm-hmm. learned. He's like, I was going to have you do Donna tonight. Cause I saw up on the stage, like it's Nikki and Donna. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And, and he's like, you are going to do Donna tonight, but 
there's a problem. He's like, there's a lot of male dancers and I need you to oil their bodies up and they need you to bronze their bodies and they need to look metallic. First I, of all, you, <laughs> you, you don't have to pay me anything uh, to right? oil up some hot male dancers. Like, right? sign me, I'll do that for free. I mean, well, you the saw funniest that cast, thing, right? Yeah, yeah the funniest thing. Exactly. Beautiful. The funniest thing about this is that you manifested this, but you couldn't have imagined the men you had to oil down. No, I could not have imagined. And, and, and you know what? I actually had experience in doing that. It was the one thing I, I could do because... I think as a gay man, we all have experience oiling down hot men. I mean, you know on. how to oil Speak down yourself. some muscle. Oh, right? stop it. We all have been there. Some um, just like to talk about it more than others. Well, I will say, like, if you hang out, if, you, if you're working at the tunnel... And you're backstage, those boys need oiling up and they need bronzing, like all the go-go boys. So like yeah, we yeah. would like of course we would like totally help them out, right? Because yeah. that's that's fun for like, everyone. Lend a, lend a hand. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> and like and sometimes you never know. I mean that 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 <laughs> scenario could get really deep really quickly. And you know, that's yeah that's, that was the time, you know, that those things happened and it was amazing. And we've all seen I, Magic Mike, we know. Yeah. So it was just I like never that. saw it. Oh. Okay, so I, I was at the Roseland yeah. that night, and I think there were like two dozen men on stage without oh, shirts on a, a and um, cowboy hats. And I remember running into my old friend who I haven't seen in years, Richie Ridge, and he told me he was working there that yeah, night. And I was like, well, what did you do? I was like, what did you do? And he's like, he roller skated. You see, well, he did that, but he also, this is what he told me. He's like, you see all those um, horseshoes? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that was me. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> all right, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, a lot. He of had people... to be told how the horseshoes uh, had to like face up instead of down. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I love Richie. <laughs> I love him too. Uh, so, so anyway, so that was that was my Roseland experience, and so, so I will get to the question because the question was actually about a tryout. So after that experience. Um, and I turned it out. I turned those, those dancers mm -hmm. out because I was like, I don't, I don't just know how to bronze them. I'm going to highlight their pectoral muscles and I'm going to contour. <laughs> they didn't need it, but I'm like, I'm going to really turn this out. Mm -hmm. So this guy was impressed. And, and, you know, uh, I think maybe a few months later, I get another call at Pat's and he's like, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, I, what do you what do you need you know and yeah. i'm like i'm not going to say anything and he said well i need you to come to los angeles he said madonna's doing a tour it's happening and we're auditioning for the glam team he said this is going to be there's a lot of costumes there's a lot of changes there's a lot of looks and one person can't just do this because in the past i think sharon did everything. Mm -hmm. I think Mama Makeup did like she did the whole team. But he's mm -hmm. like, we there's a lot of pieces to this. We're hiring a small team. I think you'd be perfect. I already have somebody from LA, and there's a lot of people that want this job. So can you come and we're gonna do an audition? And I said, I I thought in my head, I can't do this because I'm not really qualified mm. to do that. Like I worked in a wig boutique but i had never touched like a human head of hair so if they right. said okay everybody first let's let's blow dry the hair i would have 
gone home right away. <laughs> so again, I'm at this moment where, I, where I'm like, I have to make a decision. I'm very insecure. I don't qualify. But if I say no, the journey ends here. And it, yeah. ends, it ends by my hand, by me not even going. And I, but I thought if I go, I'm, I'm risking big failure. I'm risking f- falling on my face in front, of, in front of the queen. You know, like, I, I don't want to do that either. But, you know, yes, yes, one out. And, and I, I said, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming for this tryout. I'm freaking out. I didn't tell anybody I was going because I thought it was going to get sent home really quickly. And I get to the airport that night and, and they're like, can you come to his house right now? We're in a crunch and there's not going to be an audition. M needs to be seeing glam right away. They're like, she's not having it that she's not seeing what she needs to be seeing. You have to start work tomorrow. And so I said, okay, I get there. They're like, yeah, there's a whole video shoot. There's like all this new stuff that he's like, there's no time for audition. But if you mess up, you are going home. A million other people want this job, right? So anyway, so I walk in to, uh, I walk into Sony Studios where we're, they're starting production. We're not at the big set. The, the actual stage is at the forum. Right. We're working on a smaller set, and I walk in, and there's not there's a there's Nikki, there's Donna, there's the dancers, and and you remember like the, she had all these specialty acts. So there's these dancers are stretching, and like if you see like Tamara Levinson stretching, it's a performance. Right. And oh yes, and and you know there's 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 Luigi Moreno, there's Tony uh, Villanueva, there's Ariane Phillips, and uh, all and these Gautier sketches all over the table, and I was like, I just want to be here. I like <laughs> this. I I just I have to stay. I want to be here. This I've never been in an environment like this. I have to stay. And then all of a sudden the door opens, big sunlight comes through, and M walks in, blonde hair, Versace shades shields and a like a stella mccartney tracksuit, and she walks over to our table and she is like why am i not seeing glam what's the problem i <laughs> want to see i can't envision this if i don't see my vision executed what's going on and we're just like okay and she said i want to see shaved heads and we're like, oh, well, all the way shaved. And she said, no, I already did that in Girly Show. I want to see mohawks. I want to see undercuts. I want, I want, I, oh, if anybody that has hair, I want to see half of it and, or less than that. And so, you know, then there, all of a sudden there's this pause hmm. and we're just like, it's so silent. And like, if you remember from Blonde Ambition, no, if you remember from Truth or Dare. And if somebody a, doesn't who knows about sound doesn't come up here right now, I'm not doing a show. Thank you. So that pause, that silent moment was, um, I'm waiting. Like, she yeah, doesn't I'm, even say I'm, that I'm, anymore. I'm, we, I'm terrified right now. Yeah, like, we were like, oh, she's, that silence means why do I not hear buzzers buzzing and clip and hair falling on the right. floor? Mm-hmm. I told People, you. pick up a pair of scissors. <laughs> So we just started shaving their heads. 
and and we just went for it, you know, and and by the end of that day, and also also at that time when like every every bunch of hair that falls to the floor, I'm so relieved because I'm saying that's hair I don't have to deal with. Like I'm, <laughs> I think I got this. I can I can manage this, you know. And then she comes like the rehearsal's finishing, and she she's getting ready to leave, and. Like, you, you know the signals when she's getting ready to leave. And she comes past our table and she's like, I like what I see. And she keeps walking and I'm freaking out because I was like, okay, she approved something that I did. And she turns back around. She says, okay, but what about Nikki and Donna? Oh, my <laughs> God. We already knew this was going to be a big problem because while we're shaving the heads, Nikki and Donna are looking at us like, "Mm -mm, you're not shaving my head. Yeah, we had Nikki and Donna on the show last season, and both of them have told their tales about how they were like, we don't want, we're not shaving our head. Like Nikki was like, I've just grown it out. And Donna was like, I'll just do the buns. And yeah, they were not having it. They both had just grown their hair out. And, and, and she was like, well, but what about that? And so this is Madonna saying that. So you can't say no, you can't say, and I learned this, like, I'm not even really speaking at this moment. There's the key, the head to the department is doing all the talking, but I learned quickly as like, you don't say no, you don't give an excuse. You don't say, oh, she doesn't really want it. You come up with a solution. And she just said, does anybody here know how to make a mohawk can anybody just make a fake mohawk and attach it to nikki's head and before i could even think about it i was like i do (laughs) and she turned around she looked right at me and she said okay she said i'll see it tomorrow make it in red (laughs) and i was like oh my god tomorrow see it tomorrow (laughs) yeah i was like i just was feeling good about today i wasn't even thinking that i was gonna have to go home and work all night long to produce something tomorrow and you know and and that's what it means like it's just you know you know that pause that why isn't something happening that Mm -hmm. means like uh, you know i wanted this yesterday so Right, right so so i knew how to make a mohawk so that you know that that cemented my position a little bit. And then from then on, it's like, you know, she was so genius because she really thought like all those mohawks and undercuts, they translated every section of that show. They went Mm -hmm. from punk to the geisha section. All Mm -hmm. you had to do was attach more hair onto, onto those mohawks and you take something punk rock and it becomes like a samurai, you know, and then we slicked it back uh, or we wet it down for the cowboy section. They all had hats, but then we Mm -hmm. slicked it all back and it was wet for the Spanish section section. Yeah. And it looked beautiful. It was androgynous. It was mysterious. And 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 that was that was the shape that worked. And you know, so I just I busted my ass and I got with the, the millinery department. I said, can we make stuff together? I know how to do this, but I don't know how to construct this. And so the more pieces that I made that got approved by her. The, the more likely it was that I was going to go on the tour. And so that mm-hmm. was my tryout. Does that answer oh, the question? Am- oh, no, it totally does. Well, no, I mean, so now, what are your responsibilities day-to-day on the road through the Drowned World Tour? Okay. And, and how, did, how did you, like, for example, when, when you started the tour, um, how did you develop and, and how much more were you doing towards the end? 
Well, so once uh, once she, the, the responsibility is make her happy and and produce things <laughs> that make her happy, uh, every section gets a lineup where you line everybody up and she walks up and she looks the each cast member up and down and she's like, I like this, 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 that's got to go, that's horrible, get rid of that, replace this with this. And then once the look is set, it's really you're doing the same thing over and over, but you have to keep everything looking perfect. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of maintenance to keep those pieces fresh. And you also have to make duplicates in case you lose something or in case something falls apart. So you're constantly creating something. But what you're doing also is just, you're doing the same thing over and over again, and you're getting better and better, and you're getting faster and faster. And Mm -hmm. then a lot of times you get to a new city and and the hair doesn't perform the way that it did in another climate. And you have to you have to figure it out. You have to fix it because she's not going to take humidity as an answer or an excuse, you know? <laughs> no, no. So you got to figure it out. Sorry, Madonna. We're in Miami. That's just how the hair is going to respond. Ooh, oh, I have a, yeah. Uh, I have a Madame X Miami fiasco, but. Ooh, we can... uh, well, okay. Well, we, we, we are traveling down that own road. <laughs> uh, we, we are almost, we, I want to get to, uh, we'll fast track from drown world tour to, uh, Let's flash forward a little bit to 2007. Okay. Uh, and you were rejoining Madonna on another world tour. Yeah. Uh, known as Sticky and Sweet. But this time, you got a promotion. Mm-hmm. I did. So you jumped You jumped ahead. You are now the head of the glam squad. Oh, uh, amazing. Which is amazing. Well, how do your responsibilities change from what you were doing on Drown World Tour to now in, you're in charge of the department. Exactly, because this time now you're the guy that she's talking to, right? Right, So, which is wonderful, but it's also scary because everything, <laughs> everything that messes up is on me. It's mm-hmm. not anybody else's fault. It's my fault. And there's a lot of trial and error. And I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, the first time you have a job, you know, when you, somebody's above you and, and you're like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. Well, then you get in that position and you realize that it's, it's not that easy. And, you know, but I was glad, I was glad to be back. Because I, you know, I, I didn't do a reinvention. I didn't do confessions. And I kind of thought my Madonna journey was over. And then just by accident, I, I was emailing somebody for tickets for, again, Roseland Ballroom. And I dug up an old email um, address. And I, I reached out to Jamie King's, uh, the rehearsal director, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And I said, is there any possibility I can get into Madonna at Roseland? And she's texting me back. Uh, I'm going to call you later tonight. And then she calls me back and she said, can you come in tomorrow? And I said, what do you mean? And, and she said, oh, she said, we need you. So they were calling me into work. And I was like, I just want to get tickets. <laughs> but I'll take it. And, um, and so I did the promo. And then, you know, I, I, I got quickly uh, the person that was going to head the team. They were like, he's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and he was kind of too much of a fan. And, and th- which changes the, the yeah. atmosphere a little. changes the chemistry if somebody kind of has a, like a, not an intention, but if it's just doesn't always work. The yeah. focus isn't the same. So they said, do you want to be the head for promo and travel with us? And I said, yes. And then I fell in love with the dancers. I was so happy to see all the road cases and 
you know, the, the Moiras, the, our mirrors, our, our makeup mirrors, we call them the Moiras. And I oh, can tell you funny. about that later, but, um, <laughs> uh, um, but I just was like, I want to go. And then I got to be the one to audition people. And we did have an audition and I got to be the one that to- told people you got the job and I'm so happy. And, and, you know, and I also got to be, got to tell the, the team, I said, let's, we, you know, I want you to remember this first day, how you feel because we're going to get to a place on the tour where you are going to hate me. We're going to hate each other. We're going to be sick of each other. And then we're going to get to a place in the tour where it's going to be coming to an end. And when the tour is finished, we're not going to see each other the same way. This is a family. This is not an easy job. You're going to hate it sometimes. But remember this first day mm-hmm. and keep that with you. Because and, and if you need other inspiration than that, just look at Madonna. Because if you mm-hmm. think your job is hard, she's working five times as hard as anybody else in this room. So. Mm-hmm. No, um, I love how you took... It's very generous of you to take everything that you learned and you just... You, you kind of gave them a hack, you know, you're like, okay, here's, here's how it is, you know, and no one, no one gave you that the first time. So that, that's, that's really great. That, that makes you a great boss, you know? And, Thank you. And I can see, you know, I can see the, in, in, I can see it in the work, you know, I mean, everything was just exact and gorgeous. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking huh. of like all the looks and sticky and sweet and, and I'm sure you had to do all the dancers too, like the Japanese dancers, they are, they looked amazing too, yeah. right? It was, it was intricate. And, you know, the, you know, one thing about that was, you know, the, the the things that looked so simple were really some of the hardest looks to achieve. Mm. Like there was that, there was that section where she wanted everybody. It was like the La Isla section and she Mm -hmm. wanted all the girls to have waist long, straight hair or wavy a hair with like a, a uniform wave center part. But none of these girls really had that hair. (laughs) <laughs> and we didn't have time. Like, we have three minutes to get a change done. We didn't mm-hmm. have time to make that per- perfect. So there was a lot of nights during the run-throughs, during rehearsals, where they would walk up and just, like, a frizz ball of hair. And she, they're walking by Madonna, and she's, like, on the microphone. Who put that on your head? You know, it would be my name coming out. It was like, oh, my God, I'm going home. I'm not doing a show <laughs> until the frizz is gone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, so wait for uh, on the promo tour. So yeah. Justin was on that promo tour in yeah. New York. Oh my uh, god! Did, yeah. did you get to do anything for JT? No, I didn't. But I met him. He uh, he was so cool. I mean, we were all standing in the hallway, and all of a sudden, security comes up, and they're like, "Everybody, stay there." And that means <laughs> she's coming out, or she's coming yeah. through, or something. And her dressing room door opens, and out walks this. T- I mean, he's tall and just beautiful and and just he just has this swagger and he he walked right over to where we were and he like put out his hand he's like hey i'm justin like shaking everybody's hand and like just like he was just he was just Mm -hmm. cool but we didn't get to do anything with him he has his own team no 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 oiling up no justin i mean we would have been right there for that you know serious (laughs) i signed me up he looked he looked good in those days (laughs) yeah yeah, for well, sure. So now that you were talking about, like, you know, you had, like, X amount of time, mm-hmm. this brings me to the Super Bowl, because talk about a time crunch. I mean, right. you guys had, tell us about the lead up to, you know, of the, on the night of, to get her ready. She has to go on stage for almost 12 minutes and get it right, and then it's over. So it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of 
moving parts, and I'm sure that everyone's trying to do their job and stay out of each other's way. But how did that? How did that happen? It's, it was the most stressful one out of all of the out of all of the short shows because again, like all the moving parts, mm-hmm. and you know that stage goes together in under six minutes. They assemble that stage in the middle of the football field, and and there was just a lot of logistics that you know. That, you know, because of security, everybody couldn't be in the actual football stadium. Right. We're not used to that. We had people getting ready in a, in a high school that was like two miles away from where we were. Oh. So oh, it was like no. being like school bust <laughs> over. No, exactly. I'm not kidding you. In a school bus, they were bust over. I'm sure I actually probably a tour bus, but I like the <laughs> school bus thing. Uh, but you know, and, and also what was really complex about that was the, you know, they had, she had these 20 cheerleaders and she wanted them all in a black bob, like this sleek black bob. Mm. And when they showed up, these girls all had like tons of hair. And so, you know, we get them all in a black bob wig and we pin that stuff on. And, and by this point in my career, I know how to pin a wig on. So it's going to stay on. Right. Mm But these girls, when they started doing the choreography, they're not cheerleaders. They're like competitive dancers. They looked as if their their limbs, like as if their joints were made of elastic. Mm-hmm. Their heads are shaking. Their hips are swinging. Like, like, and all of a sudden, I see a black thing fly through the air and land like two feet away from M's shoes. And she's oh dancing. No. I was like, what okay. is that? And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Like the minute it hits the stage, it's gone in like a split second. Somebody swept it off. And then all of a sudden I see two more black things. And then I looked up and I was like, the wigs are flying off. The wigs are all (laughs) flying off the dancers. One by one, by the time that number was finished in rehearsal, the first time that we had put them in the wigs, every single one had had come off except for one. And it was backwards. (laughs) Do you know how close to being fired you are? (laughs) This what? Do you know how close to being fired you are? (laughs) Every day. Like, that. you know, every day. But then, you know, we got, eventually we figured it out. And it sounds so archaic and horrible, but we ended up sewing those wigs into their actual hair. Wow. Which meant to take it off, we had to cut through little um, threads and not cut off any of their hair. Right. And I swear like the, after three days of like, after three run throughs of the wigs, not flying off, of course she comes up and she's like, so, um, this girl and this girl, can I see them without their wigs? And they had to call me up on stage. And I said, I said, I can do that for you, but it's going to take like 15 minutes each, each girl. And she said, why? Can you do I it said, faster? I said, "M." I said, we had to sew the wigs onto their heads. And she said, all of them? They're all sewn into their wigs? And I said, yes, that was the only way we had for them to not come off. And, and then she kind of gave me this look like, oh, Okay, I got. She's like, "That's hardcore. I can appreciate right, that." Right. Moving but you're on, like, it's almost like you're a little crazy. And right. she was like, I, "I didn't realize you were right. actually that level of crazy just yet." But okay, it's like, "M, we're just doing what you want." Right. <laughs> exactly. well, so with the soup, with the Super Bowl, I mean, that's a lot of eyeballs. You know, um, not only in stadium, yeah. but just around the country. Yeah. A lot of people are going to look at that. So there's a lot of pressure. Are you? As part of the Glam Squad, are you 
and uh, well, and on the tours as well. Are you creatively involved in the process more than just like being at the table and she's like, shave their heads? Or are you like, is she consulting with you on any ideas? Or is it like she's got her ideas and you're just executing? Okay, so that is an excellent question. And and I, I think the short answer for that would be that, you know, a, a lot of those creative meetings and, and, um, and discussions happen before I'm even brought into the room, mm-hmm. before I'm even brought on board to production. So, uh, and, and maybe to better explain, I can de- tell, like break down the departments. And so there's glam, which is, which is what I do. That's, in, that's my department and we handle the cast. So we do the dancers and the background vocalist and, uh, sometimes the band members. And, and that's, th- that is our focus. Hmm. And then separate from that, there's M's glam. And, and, you know, that's part of the tour, tour personnel that's brought on way before we come in. And, you know, M Glam is, you know, the costume designers, the um, stylists and, and, you know, then her hair and her makeup. And just to make sure that the, you know, the proper credit is, is, is noted. Mm-hmm. Uh, M Glam in like from reinvention all the way up to and through MD and A, her hair and makeup is Andy LeCompte is her hairstylist and Gina Brooke is her makeup artist. And that includes Super Bowl also. Yeah. And then that changed for Rebel Heart. Uh, Aaron Henriksen came on board and, um, and Andy LeCompte is still there. Uh, that's a long time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a lot of changes you know, that, that, that Andy's really responsible for. So, you know, major props to that, mm-hmm. but, you know, so, so that's kind of how, how things work. So there's a lot of stuff that, that is decided before, you know, before we are brought on and, you know, mainly when we get there, we're executing what's already been established. You know, I mean, I just, I think, you know, we, Tony and I speak to a lot of people who have worked with her, you know, you, you yeah. read a lot in the press, people aren't giving Madonna the, the proper credit that I think she deserves either as a musician or, or as a creative, a yeah. creative. And I think a lot of people think it's not Madonna putting this together. It's a creative team behind the scenes that we don't see. Oh no. Yeah, that is no. She has amazing people. She works with the top of everybody that like she has her choice. She really handpicks people, but no, the artistic direction, you know, she has so much to do with it. Like Corbett, I have to give you guys props because one of the best looks in her career is the opening of the Super Bowl when she comes out with the the crown and the cape and yeah. the whole like that Cleopatra thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, it, it was literally breathtaking. It took my breath away. So I'm so glad that I'm talking to one of the people responsible for that look. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a really fun, it was a really fun look, you know, like the, uh, you know, I work on the dancers and she had a really amazing look that she wanted for them. She really wanted this like blade runner slim, mm-hmm. you know, Sean Young, like we did like all these kind of like, rolls in the hair but it had to be it almost had to look like alien so it was like Mm -hmm. alien but egyptian but blade runner futuristic but ancient you know and it was really fun to work on 
Yeah, and all of us that know, love her and know her, we, we, we got it immediately. I was like, oh, I get all these references. Yeah. Because you know, it's Madonna. Yeah. And with the Super Bowls, before we move on to Madame X, I, I want to just say, with an event like the Super Bowl, because it's such a high-profile event, mm -hmm. you're practicing, like... This, from start to finish, that involves the makeup and the hair and the costume. Like when yeah. she does a run through, you're doing all of that oh, as yeah. if it's as if it's the day of the show. Yeah, she wants to see the whole thing. Mm -hmm. She doesn't like we don't half-ass anything on a run through. It is it is it is full on everything, hair and makeup. Even though we could say it doesn't make sense to you know use the wigs they're getting trashed every time we do this like no mm -hmm. we got why would it. you say that you can buy more <laughs> yeah i mean yeah yeah <laughs> all right let's I talk about madame x yeah okay <laughs> So yes. speaking of speaking of wigs, yeah. uh, Madame X had plenty. And in yeah. 2019, uh, you, you were brought back. You were ahead of the glam squad again um, for the Madame X tour. Um, you technically were involved with the Pride performance, which was like the official kickoff of the Madame X tour era. Yeah. Um, were you already sort of deeply entrenched in the the madame x tour rehearsals and process mm -hmm. by the time pride happened you know and were there were there a lot of changes from like style choices from pride to the the opening of the tour okay so no i was not i was not deeply entrenched i had received a text message would you be interested in another tour and then <laughs> i got a phone call that said Oh, then the announcement that Madonna was doing Pride. And that was such a big deal because, like, I'd been to the, you know, Pride Island is technically the pier dance. And I'd been to the pier dance for many yeah. years. And there's always that that little rumor that goes through, like, to, to, the, the performance tonight is Madonna. She's here. Mm -hmm. Finally, mm -hmm. she came. But it's, you know, it never was. And, you know, they got a lot of divas to do that stage. And, and it, you know, she never did it. And I actually even wrote an email to her people, I was like, I just want to make sure this is on her radar because like right. everybody wants her there. <laughs> and so then it's announced that she's doing it. And then like that day they call me and they're like, do you want to do pride? And like, imagine that gay kid, that gay teenage kid getting to do gay pride with Madonna at this, at world pride, world pride. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, yeah, bring it on, you know? And, and so, you know, but then quickly that, all of a sudden, like, you know, we were in over our heads. We had so much work to do in such a short amount of time. And we really had to perfect this sort of like film noir, Grace Kelly sort mm -hmm. of, you know, you saw the, the, the blonde wig, the blonde hair. Yeah. For and that everybody had section. a blonde wig. Yeah. So we had to do like, I don't know, we had to do like 16 of them. And they all had to be perfect and they all had mm -hmm. to be fitted and, and, and each one had to look amazing on the dancer that it goes on. And, you know, so, but that job, that there was almost no stress to that because the, the, just the idea of what we were doing was so beautiful and mm -hmm. to be on that stage while that was happening and to feel that love coming from the audience that even I, I know they were crushing each other to see her, but there was such energy and, you know, and, and also, you know what? I fell in love with the dancers that, 
I, I fell in love with all the dancers and I was like, you know, um, at, at the, you know, my life was a little different. I, I was married, I had a kid and, but then I learned that the tour was the going to be the theater tour. And I said, what I always wanted to do that one. I yeah. also always wanted to do three. And so I looked at the, we looked at the routing and, and my husband and I were like, we can do this. I can mm-hmm. go. It's, it's, it's residencies. I'll fly you guys out. We'll, we'll be together every month. And, and, you know, it was a lot of work, but we, we made it work and, you know, and, and did so you tell your husband work. it was going to be a lot of very late nights? <laughs> okay. Oh, so, right. Let me tell you. So the first part of getting that job was they invited me to a rehearsal. So I show up to the rehearsal at two in the afternoon and they said, so, um, there's no room for you. We don't know how we're going to fit you uh, in this show. And I was like, what are you like, what are you trying to say? You know, there's no room. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was a physical spatial thing. There's no room in the theater for like, we're used like in a stadium, we're under stage in an arena. We're under the stage in a theater. It doesn't, you're, there's no orchestra and right. the wings aren't that big for that cast that she had in that show. And they're like, there's no room for the cast. We don't know what, where there's room for glam. And we're like, well, she, she wants glam, right? And right. Where are you going to store all those wigs? Right. So they're like, no, we know it's a, it's just a logistic problem. We don't know how to fix it. And they say, how few people can you do this cast with? And so, and and I hadn't even seen the cast yet, but I show up to this rehearsal and I see like this cast is just exploding more and more people start walking through the door and I'm like, where did they come from? Oh, they're coming from music rehearsal. Oh, here comes the dancers. There's the band. And then the Batuca Dara Orchestra. Oh, my gosh, the Batuca Daras. Oh, my I'm God. I'm like, oh, we can't do this. They're like, I just no, got you chills. got to do this. It's like we, you know, uh, you know, figure it out. And anyway, so back to the long, night, late nights. I showed up at that rehearsal at 2 in the afternoon. I left that rehearsal at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, okay, oh this, is, this is new. This is interesting. I never, like, the sun is coming up, you know, and I'm totally sober. And I'm like, I just came from work. Like, what am I going to do? I, you know, but that, but, you know, that geared us up for what, what was in store. I, oh, yeah. I just saw online today that the twins um, turned nine, and I'm like, they uh, were seven on tour, staying up past my bedtime. Yeah, those girls <laughs> but, are you know, amazing. They had fun, and, and it was great to yeah. see them on stage. Oh my gosh, talking about like just like uh, amazing star quality, mm-hmm. and just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stories. Those girls, I you know, her family's really amazing. So for Madame X, I'm curious, it was a very different structure of a tour yeah. for Madonna from the the big stadium shows. Did that approach, like, did that nature of the, the intimate nature of the show, did that change your job a little bit other than the spatialness of it? But did, or, or was it even more complex? Like you'd think, oh, it's a smaller show. It'll be easier. Or was it more challenging? No, it was harder. It was the it was it was the most complex one to put together, mm-hmm. and you know, like, you know, when I first saw the set, it was interesting because it kind of had it 
echo to like the blonde ambition set where just structurally it resembled that set somehow, but nothing moved. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's not one mechanical piece on that set. Everything Mm -hmm. was moved by human power and, Mm -hmm. and also it was all silver. Like it was all just like one color. And so we're Mm -hmm. like, how is this going to come to life? Well, it did, but it was a lot of work. It was a lot of notes and it was a lot of lineups, you know, and, you know, and, and a lot of the lineups were, we had to redo them again because Mm. I'll tell you what was different. The range, the close range of the audience. Also, there's no smoke in Madame Mm -hmm. X. There's no, there's nothing to really soften the edges and there's not a lot of effects because we couldn't, you can't really do a lot of things in a theater. So it was, it was very close up. And uh, you know what? I'll tell you an amazing thing about, you know, just how she works. And, and, and also just back to like when you were saying about the artistic vision and, and how many people are involved. And yes, there's a million people working their asses off. But, you know, we would come to notes every night. And, and sometimes she would just be like, you know what? This, this looks beautiful. This looks beautiful. But it's not, it's not it. It's not it yet. And she would say, add more this, add more green, add more that. Like, I want to see this. And I would actually look at those spots and I'd be like, it looks actually pretty beautiful to me. But when I saw opening night, when I saw those, some of those pieces, like, oh, she was right. It was Mm -hmm. not, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't brilliant yet. And she Mm -hmm. kept pushing and pushing and pushing and, you know, and making it brilliant. And, you know, there's, and her eye is just so like everybody will tell you about how meticulous that eye is, and just you know there 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 were nights and notes where she would say, "Well, okay, this dancer, this dancer, this dancer, this dancer, and come alive." Um, I don't I don't really love their their robes. Actually, I hate them. And it was like we it turned out that those robes were not Versace, but the other ones <gasps> were. They were like, they had sold out. They bought all the robes and they bought all the doubles and they didn't have enough for the full cast. So they bought fake ones and she spotted all the fakes. And she knew. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Get Donatella on the phone immediately. (laughs) I mean, I actually think she had to because, you know, I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but that was the one time I ever heard in notes, I heard an excuse pop out for why Mm. why they all weren't Versace. And she was like, oh, really? Like, she just had this look, and I was like, oh, she's going to call Donatella. And, and I don't know what happened, but the next day, those robes were there, you know? Heads and will some, roll. Some <laughs> Italian intern was up in the middle of the night FedExing them across the country. Yeah. FedExing them? She, he had to fly she, them himself, yeah, she makes I'm it sure. happen. Um, do, you remember the, do you remember the Crave number? Yes. Where everybody just, like, how... Oh my God! The, the, the outfits in Crave were wonderful. I was I was so happy that we got to see her in Brooklyn yeah. before Crave started getting cut in the yeah. later show because I was like these some of the coats and the like the disco style of that mm-hmm. was heavenly. I'm like. I know I can't afford any of these, but right. I want to wear these outfits for Halloween. Like, they were you're, beautiful. You're right. And it was like a retro, chic look, but it was brand new. I'd never seen it before. Right. You know, it was evocative of the 70s, but it was also so glam. And oh, yeah, so I, good. I loved, I loved the coats. So you mm-hmm. guys are right. We None of us really can afford that. And <laughs> I, 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 really, I hope I don't get in trouble for this because I'm going to tell you, 
that that lineup happened a few times and she was like these this it's not it's not doing it and then one time she just leaned over to her assistant like halfway through the lineup and i swear like 20 minutes later racks of clothing started coming through the wings of the theater onto the stage racks and racks of clothing she started saying okay this i want this on she started dressing them herself and then trays of jewels started coming out and she started putting on their jewelry for them and and the sunglasses she's like i want this i want this so 20 minutes later completely different look the clothing disappears and she's like okay this is it and we found out later that those were her personal clothes. So Madonna. <laughs> she really? in, yeah. And I think some of them you can see that they were, fr- they, she wore the, I think one of them was, she wore in a video or something, but like, no, they were all like her person, her own personal. Wow. Wardrobe and and so see, that's why it looks so amazing. See Corvette, it's important to tell these stories because so many negative things get thrown around about Madonna and a lot of it gets filed under, well, it's her work ethic, but you know, she, she, she can be a generous artist and, you know, and, and she, she wants to see her vision done correctly. And, and yeah. I, I'd love to hear these details because you don't really get to hear this, you know, all the time. Right. This is not what gets published, you know? No, it's a, it's, 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 you see it happening and you mm-hmm. see the work of an artist and you see what happens when you don't take no for an answer and you keep pushing And, you know, I remember there was this one night in Lisbon and she was just having a a very human moment. And and we were all in the prayer. And she said, I just she's like, I'm sorry. I push you guys so hard. I know I push you guys so hard and I'm sorry. And we were like, no, we're grateful. (laughs) We're like, you have no idea. You've elevated our craft and you've elevated the way we work. And Mm -hmm. we didn't we all thought we were working hard, but. But thank you for that because, you know, that's how that's how it happens by yeah. pushing. Are you excited to see Madame X, the oh, tour film on Paramount Plus? Have you seen it? Percent. No, I no because it's not. I don't think I can talk about it, but uh, it's still it's still, you know, they're still perfecting it. It's, it's a still in post production. It's mm-hmm. a lot, there's, you know, there's, you know, I love everybody that worked on this, this project. So it's going to be beautiful. And, you know, this tour came at a very specific time mm-hmm. for the world, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry to keep getting so political, but like, no, you know, it's... when, when this tour came out, look where we were, the yeah. things were really bad. We were so divided and, and people, there was so much hatred and so much violence. And, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's not the case anymore. But, you know, there was a story inside of the inside of the context of this, like the the message inside of the show that we all kind of felt like the world needed this message, you know, and then to have this, you know, to have this experience shut down, like we we only lost two shows, but like it ended not in a regular celebration, but it ended in a global pandemic and and we all came home and we were separated from each other. So the fact that we've had to wait this long for the, for the film to come out, I, I feel like it's, it was not intentional, but it's a beautiful thing that we had to wait 
because yeah, I'm excited all over again to see it. Me too. I'm excited, especially because there's no footage on the internet. We, we've right. not seen this stuff. So Mm-mm. I think it's kind of genius that it's, we had to wait so long. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'll, I mean, you know, I, I've famously complained about that on the show, but yes, I, I the minute, the minute, it, <laughs> the minute I hit stream, it's going to be all gone. Yeah. Okay. I, I have to ask about the wigs on Madame X. I yeah. stood behind Madonna when she sat in the uh, uh-huh. in the beer seat, and yeah. all I could all I could really you know focus on was the top of her head and the quality <laughs> of her wig. Yeah. Here I am, someone who's never even handled a wig in right. my life. So tell us about like the quality, the quantity of the wigs, right. and like who's taking care of all that? Because I mean that's a lot to, yeah. to, to you know follow up on, right? It is, and you know they're not from Fourteenth Street. I, I <laughs> They're not uh, from Hairtronics on Atlantic Avenue. No, I mean, you know, I, I will. I'll throw myself under the bus that you know there was there was lineups where she was like, "What is on your head? Who put that on your head? Oh, Corvette did it. Oh, well, please throw it in the trash. Thank you." Like, I was like oh, oh my god. god. And you know, and and I think actually that might have been a cheap wig. You know, we sometimes we just try everything, but mm-hmm. but these wigs, yeah, they're they're you know they're these wigs were actually film quality wigs. Yeah, which was the, the not, blonde wig is perfection. I yeah. mean, it's like from a Hitchcock movie. It is, but a film wig is made so that it's not dete- that you can't see it on high def film. Right. You can't see the seam. Mm-hmm. But in a in the theater, a film wig is a nightmare because it's constructed. It's the the lace that it's constructed on is so fine. So I actually had to learn the craft of how to repair it and how to replace the lace and how to keep sewing it together. Because you know, on on this one, we didn't really have doubles because we didn't mm-hmm. have space to sew them. I, we had two doubles. And that was it. And so, um, you know, the, the the wigs were a big deal on this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, they looked incredible, especially the, the black you. short wig. Oh, oh, my gosh. Uh, that wig yeah. was incredible. Yeah. That, yeah, that wig was gorgeous. And and that whole look was gorgeous. And that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I loved that whole sequence. And what, I, have a, I have a question you yeah. just sparked in my mind. Huh? What happens to all that stuff after the tour? Archive, baby, archive. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. So you already know there's an archive. Okay. Yeah, there is. And and I've I've seen things appear from out of the archives. And I've been to one location of not the actual archive where the costumes are, but I've been to the, there's a warehouse where like all of our cases are. And, I, see. Um, but I don't want to hear another word. As, as I don't want to hear. I just, no, I'm just asking because I just want to make sure it's not all thrown out. Oh no! Oh, it is labeled no. and it is it is meticulously cleaned, and it's stored somewhere. Yeah, I mean, in cut to us land. in about 40 years, you know, with our walkers going to the Met to see. Madonna expose <laughs> at the Met. I'm sure that they'll have one eventually. The costumes of Madonna. Yeah, I mean, how fabulous would that be? That, it, if it's if it was be if it could be anything like the Jean Paul Gaultier exhibit that they brilliant. have at the Brooklyn Museum, uh, yeah, bring it. Like bring I would it. be, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, because that that exhibit was phenomenal. It was yeah. flawless to see that stuff up close. Up close. Oh yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. 
I never thought I'd find myself crying in the middle of the Brooklyn Museum, but there I was. Tony, cries every, we, so, Tony and I saw Madame X in Brooklyn a yeah. handful of times. Okay. And I kid you not, every time the Batucaderas were coming down the uh-huh. aisle, I would just pass Tony a napkin or yeah. a tissue. Here you go, Tony. And uh, <laughs> Well, so uh, that, that moment, I, so I'm a crier too, but that moment made me cry so many times the positioning in the show where it's after that duet where there's like these soldiers that want to kill each other and then they realize mm. that they're connected and they're both human and, and if you saw the version that had the girls those girls are actually right. speakers and and to end with a death in a casket and that moment and then all of a sudden you hear the ocean mm-hmm. and you hear the waves of the ocean and then you hear the sound and then when those women start walking from the back of the house and 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 they have their drums and the and the music and the whole thing and when i got to see them in lisbon performing that i walked out because i was like i like i would always sneak out to see that entrance but i was like i have to see it in lisbon and i walked out and I was bawling. I was I was just to see them back in their homeland and see the reception of the Portuguese people watching that happen. Sure, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a, it. Was a beautiful moment. There were so many beautiful moments in that tour. It's hard to pick like what was my favorite. But, yeah, uh, you can't. Yeah. Uh, Tony, is it time for your favorite par- portion of the show? Well, yes, Stefan, it is time for my favorite part of the podcast. Okay, who likes uh, okay. this and who doesn't? Is there? We both, we, no, no, we both love this moment. Right. Yeah. I, I'm teasing Tony okay. because Tony's usually, Tony's usually the one who brings it up. But All yes, right. I think it's time for a little lightning round. So as we do on the podcast, yeah. we ask uh, a couple off the top of your head questions. Okay. Wherever you're at in your Madonna journey right now, don't think too hard. All right. Favorite Madonna song. Okay, this is unfair. I, I, I'm going to answer your question, but I have a personal connection to her songs. The catalog is too big and so much variety. And so I feel today, what's your favorite Madonna song today? I'm going to say Vogue is the most perfect song because it showcases everything that she does so beautifully. There's Mm -hmm. the spoken part Mm -hmm. that you have that gorgeous chesty part and then they have like that screaming like that not screaming but like when she's like get up on the dance floor and Mm -hmm. you hear that scratch in her voice that was very particular to that era that and the message vogue i'm gonna say vogue dance uh favorite madonna music video justify my love Mm, Mm. so good revolutionary yes Mm -hmm. yeah uh, favorite Madonna tour? Confessions. Oh, not one that you worked on. Well, you know what? I Because I didn't work on it, I got to see it from the, a fan point of mm-hmm. view, that from an audience perspective, and I'm so glad that I did because you get yeah. to see all the reveals and, right. it's, and for the first time. So it's not, it, things were a surprise. Yeah, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we always say it was very expensive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, Favorite Madonna movie? Susan. No, yeah. yeah, classic. You can't go wrong with no. this and Susan. No. Uh, and so favorite Madonna look, and this can be from a video, a yeah. tour, in person. Something you helped create? Uh, yes. You know what? I really have a hard time with this too, but like the, you know, there's that, the, the wet hair look on the Harper's Bazaar 
uh, oh, magazine yes. with the Gautier that spread. Mm-hmm. Ambition. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. say yeah. that was, it was so different. It was so gorgeous. Carmen, and, let me tell you, my yeah. mother subscribed to all those fashion magazines. And when I saw that Harper's Bazaar for May 1990, yeah. when I got home from school, I started shaking. I opened it up. I cut every <laughs> single photo out and I put them on my wall. And she's like, where's my Harper's Bazaar? I was like, I didn't see it. I, I must have not been delivered, you know? But yeah, that was that was... I'd never seen her like that, and it made me so excited for Blind Ambition because I was like, if this is what she's doing, then it's nothing we've never seen, you know? Absolutely. I'm glad you got to steal your mom's magazines. I had to steal them from the grocery store <laughs> and, my, and my dentist. <laughs> Wait, so, Corvette, I, yeah. I, wanted, we, I don't think we covered this. Wait, what? so you had been vying to tell Madonna that she saved your life. Oh, did yeah. you get to tell her this? Well, I have to save that. I have to hold on to that. because Yes, I did. Um, okay. I, I did, but it was You're saving a, it for your memoir. Yeah, it was a journey. It was a 20 year journey to get to that moment because, you know, I worked in a professional capacity and I kind of like at the end of every tour, I would orchestrate this moment that was supposed to happen. And it just, it just didn't happen. And then it has I to be kept, the right moment. It has to be the right moment. And, and when it did happen, it was perfect. And, and it was like, you know, it, it was, you know, it wasn't, me thanking her i actually had resigned to i was like i just i just work for her that's my thank you Mm -hmm. but um there was one time when she needed something and i came to do it and she told me she was like i she was like thank you you just saved my life and i said oh (laughs) i said actually um so i got to have like a moment and not have it not be too fan but like she quickly was like let's 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 move on you know um but yes i did um, and I also, oh. you know what, I want to, if, if you will give me permission, I would, I would love to turn the tables on you boys. Oh, um, Lord. And Here we like, go. if you're versatile, um, I would, love <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I have a, I have a lightning round for you. I have a, just one oh. question. Okay. So, and, and, and I'm going to simplify it a little bit. So I want to okay. know favorite live performance of Vogue. Tony, you go first. Favorite live performance of Vogue would have to be, it would have to be the final show of Blonde Ambition uh, that was on HBO Live uh, from Nice. I just love the way that her hair just like like melted, you know what I mean? And it was wet. Yeah. And she looked so free and she, you know, obviously knew it was the last show. So she was like putting everything into it. And I just felt like she looked so athletic. She looked so flexible and uh, yeah, perfect. And And you could feel the last show energy of that. Yeah. You could see it in their faces. I actually compare every performance of Vogue to that one. Okay. Mm. All right. It's like a little bit, you know. My favorite performance of Vogue, and I've said this many a time, uh, the... 1990 VMA performance of Vogue okay. in the whole in the whole Victorian era. Yeah. I remember when she did that, and I was watching it live on MTV, and I was re- actually annoyed that she had done this long, big Victorian gown, and because she couldn't do the Running Man, and she, I was like, <laughs> how is she? How is she going to Vogue properly? How she can't do the video this way? Right. And I was so pissed that she had changed it. But mm. I look back on that and think. That was so ballsy yeah. Yeah. to change it, to do this crazy look, to make it opulent, to make it. And I just like, she looks so gorgeous. And 
the the faces that she's serving throughout that entire thing the looks the fan the like it is so diva and mm-hmm. so brilliant and she's not quite ever done a performance like that ever again and yeah. i think people wanted her to and she has it and i love that she denies it from us because it's <laughs> it's like Thank you for giving it to us, but you've never given it to us again. And yeah. I, just, I, I love how she looks in that. And that lap when they're all ha- standing, uh, like, you know, standing ovation for her. And she just gives that little face to the audience of like, yeah, you know, you love me. And it's, yeah, it's, I love that performance. Yeah. And, you know, and I was too young to realize that she was presenting the definition of Vogue by doing that set piece, you know? And Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at it going like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. She's, she's not, you know, and, and I'm like, wow, she's, she's basically defining camp right now. Yeah. She's doing drag. She was in drag during that performance, you know? It was genius. Uh, And yeah, you know, and that's one thing I love about Madonna is that she's taught me so many things just by presenting them to me. And, and she doesn't handhold us, you know, she Mm -hmm. just kind of says like, this is what I'm doing. And then you do the research and then you're like, wow, I'm a better person now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So much. Well, Corvette, I feel like we could talk and talk and talk and talk. I mean, we didn't, we had plans to cover off your haircutting career and Uh, your tattoo parlor. And I know I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to two of this. I wanted to talk about perfidia from the pyramid club and, um, and from Pat Field, I, I'm just missing all those people around. It's and such a time capsule, right? I know. But, it's yeah, we'll definitely beautiful... have you back here. Yeah, we're going to have to have you back. Sorry. Twist your arm. That we're just going to have to do it. Consider yourself a friend of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, boys, so much. This was I'm really glad that you came on the show. This was so much fun. Thank you. So please tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Oh, you know what? I'm not a social media person. I have an Instagram Ooh. account, but it's, uh, it, yeah, I don't really do it very well. Uh, I, oh, have an Instagram I have so account. much respect for you. Yeah. yeah just share your Instagram account. This, and... Yeah. It's Mr. Corvette, uh, um, at, at whatever, Mr. Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, tag, we'll tag you. We'll tag you. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a little social love. All right. That's cool. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLBC podcast. Please give us a five-star review. Like, like, and subscribe. Tell your friends, you know, share it with someone who's never heard of Madonna. You never know what's going to happen. You can also donate to the podcast on Venmo at MLBC Podcast. And there's also our patron page on Podbean. Uh, Corvette, yes. uh, uh, oh. can, you plug, can you plug us on anything that's coming up? Can you share any upcoming projects that you want to plug? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm, I have some writing projects coming up, but uh, but I don't talk about them until, they, until mm. they've already been published and, 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 and it's happened. So, yeah. but, uh, but I will always post that stuff on my Instagram. So. Yeah, and, and you can yeah. always come and talk about it on our show. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and how, will you be, how will you be celebrating the, uh, the Madame X tour on Paramount Plus? Are you having a Are you having a viewing I, party? No, I actually have an invitation to go to the premiere. So, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> can you yeah. tell us anything about the premiere? Live stream on your. Oh, uh, you on think your that's Instagram? gonna? Yeah, you think that's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> you think they're not gonna take our phones away? I, Ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I plan on wearing my Madame X tour jacket and uh, celebrating in style. So. Amazing. I'll probably do what happens every Friday night. I'll start streaming something, and twenty minutes into it, I'll be sleep so all right yeah. <laughs> so we all have anyway. a plan yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all right thanks you guys all right we... boys thank you so much thank yeah you. absolutely yeah. thanks again and uh until next time see you next get, time guys all right go out there and do your thing last screening of madame x 
before the rest of the world sees it. Wish me luck. Madame X is here to disturb the peace.